Even in the midst of so much important learning and growing, drawing our families closer to the heart of Christ has to be our first priority. So today, author and homeschooling mom Annabelle Mosley is here to tell us about living the holy hour in your homeschool. Welcome to Homeschooling Saints, the podcast that helps you create the homeschool you love for the people you love. Our host is Lisa Maladnik, a Catholic life coach, TV host, best-selling author, and an instructor at Homeschool Connections. Before we get started, remember to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, click the bell to join our channel. Hello and welcome. I'm Lisa Maladnik, your host, and today we're talking with Annabelle Mosley about living the holy hour in your homeschool. Annabelle Mosley is a third-order Carmelite, best-selling author of Awake with Christ, Living the Catholic Holy Hour in Your Home. She's also the award-winning author of Our House of the Sacred Heart and Sacred Braille, The Rosary as Masterpiece. She's a professor of theology and an award-winning poet who invented the mirror sonnet. She can be heard on Relevant Radio each month as a recurring guest. Annabelle is a wife and homeschooling mother who cherishes cultivating her domestic church. She offers monthly prayer guides to help you watch and pray with Christ during the at-home holy hour at catholicholyhour.com. Welcome back, Annabelle. It is so good to see you. Thank you, Lisa. It's always a joy to be with you. Oh, thanks so much. I, it really is a joy. And as Sister Third Order Carmelites, I'll just tell everybody a little secret. It was Annabelle who really confirmed what the call of my heart to become a Third Order Carmelite. And I'm just so grateful. And she's just such an inspiration to me in a million ways. But I, I really want to talk about this extraordinary book, which I now have a copy of and can't wait to dive into during Lent. But it's called Awake with Christ, Living the Catholic Holy Hour in Your Home. And it got the imprimatur in August 2023. And it's a bestseller. So just Congratulations, sister, in Carmelite. Thank you life. so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, but the subtitle, it's got a, a beautiful subtitle, too, that says, How Keeping God Prayerful Company in the Garden of Gethsemane Can Change Your Life. Would you just start us off, like step us into that place of that life-changing contact with our Lord in the garden? Why do you think this book and this devotion are having life-changing impact? Absolutely, Lisa. Um, no matter what you're going through right now, no matter what, um, loneliness, grief, loss, um, great joy, uh, anything, anything you're going through right now, this is the devotion that can change your life. And I speak from experience. Um, I actually stumbled upon this at-home Holy Hour devotion long before I ever knew that it was a formal devotion in the church. I was 10 years old. Uh, at the time, I was a child myself. You know, we he, here we are homeschooling parents, and I'm a homeschooling parent. And we think back to what it was like when we were children and our first experiences of God. And um, when I was 10, my father had just died. He was a wonderful dad. Um, and I still miss him every day. And he had just passed away. And nine months prior to his passing, my grandfather had died. And he was also, we saw him every day. He was like another father. Um, so both these men had passed nine months uh, apart and, uh, I was very, I, I felt the loneliness and the grief so keenly and just the heartbreak. And at night I couldn't sleep. Um, 
many of us have that for various reasons, just not being able to sleep, whether it's for a few minutes uh, where you wake up at night or whether it's longer than that. And I started to find thanks be to the Holy Spirit guiding me. Um, it really was a grace of the Holy Spirit guiding me to this. I would actually sit up and I was remembering um, reading uh, prior to this in my Catholic children's Bible. Uh, I love to read it at night as a kid. And I, I was always struck by that image, that beautiful color picture of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane with all of his friends asleep and him in agony. And I would look out the window at night at the stars. And uh, thanks be to the Holy Spirit, this prayer kind of sprang to my lips. And I said, I wouldn't fall asleep on you, Jesus. I'm here with you. I'm here with you in Gethsemane. And through that kind of um, child instinct that God graced me with, and that we should all keep that that spiritual childhood, like St. Therese talks about, that trust that God is, of course, he's here with us, but he's beyond time and space. There are no limits or boundaries in time and space. So in fact, our prayers that we pray tonight can comfort him in the garden then. It can be part of the comfort that the angel brings him then. Well, there I was, a little girl, unable to sleep, and night after night, I kept returning spiritually to the garden. And just saying, it, it was simple in the beginning. I'm here with you, Jesus. I'm not asleep. And I started to realize that, you know, with the grace of time and wisdom of years, it was Jesus of Gethsemane that was staying awake with me. He was my father. You know, he says, I will not leave you orphans. And uh, I remember praying to him, I have no father now. Um, please be my father. And he he found that way through that garden giving that garden, that place for the child to go and say, I'm with you. And it's amazing, you know, he's never outdone in generosity. So when we show up there spiritually, the consolation we get is extraordinary. It's life-changing. I love what you just said about you were in, in that beautiful grace of your innocent heart offering to keep him company. And then, you know, looking back, it's always like, the love goes both ways, that he was there for you. He was drawing you He's into drawing his like heart. He, yeah. he knew your pain. He never left you for a moment. No, no. And it, it became this kind of magnet pull my whole life. I, you know, we have that, don't we? We have those moments in scripture or those devotions that keep pulling us. This is one, you know, you, if you love Jesus, you're, you're listening to the show, you love our Lord. This is for you. Um, it's a direct call from scripture to us, to our hearts. Could you not watch one hour with me? You know, it's this echo across time and space, and it's as present to us now as it was to his sleeping apostles then. And our Lord in his vulnerability, his humility, the same Lord that humbles himself to become man and then humbles himself to become the Eucharist for us, humbles himself to be alone, to make a space in a garden, no less, in a garden. A space for us at any time we're feeling that that vulnerability or anything we're going through, really, whether it's our joy, whether it's our uh, our boredom, our loneliness, our pain, bring it to him. He just all he says is, "Be with me. Can you not watch with me? Our company, and it's it's life changing. And the at home holy hour, any holy hour, but specifically the at home holy hour, is a great way to do just that. Okay, yeah. So thank you for that. That's a great segue because I'm really interested in we're doing this year of the Eucharistic revival. Um, so what is important about this at-home part of adoring the Lord and spending time with Him? Sure. Well, as I say in the book, and I never tire of saying, and I even dedicate time in the book to this, Eucharistic adoration 
going to church and being with our Eucharistic Lord. There is nothing more important than that. But at some point, we have to go home. We have to leave. And, you know, unless we're a priest, we can't, we don't have the Eucharist in our home. So when we do go home and we have all of that insight and peace and and beauty that we just experience at adoration, how do we bring some of that peace back into our home? This is the devotion to do it, the at-home Catholic Holy Hour. It's kind of like, you know, our Lord gives us his, his real presence, his physical presence. There's nothing better in church. Whether even whether it's exposed, you know, or whether it's just in the tabernacle, he's there. And um, you know, as as scripture reminds us, as Martha says in scripture, the teacher is here and he's calling for you. He's waiting for you. Um, that's actually the message inscribed on some tabernacles throughout Europe. You'll see in Latin, the teacher is here and he's calling for you. We have that magnet call that he's always waiting for us in the tabernacles of the world, in Eucharistic adoration, when we receive. But then we go home. How can we make, you know, I love that beautiful phrase, domestic church. If we're a homeschooling Catholic parent, it matters to us, you know, domestic church. How can we actually live it? And it's not just a pretty phrase then, but it's a reality for us. How do we bring more church, authentic church into the domestic? This is the devotion. Because just as we're physically present with the real presence of our Lord in church through the tabernacle, through the Eucharist, through adoration, we can be spiritually present um, in a way that he has asked for by spiritually entering the Garden of Gethsemane. The Garden of Gethsemane is a very Eucharistic moment in scripture. If we think about it, he has just um, the Last Supper has just happened. He has just instituted the Eucharist. He's gone singing the hymn with his apostles, you know, and he's about to start his passion. It begins, you know, um, it's not the stations of the cross quite yet. It's not the way of the cross quite yet. It's actually what's known as the passion of the sacred heart. The agony in the garden is known as the passion of the sacred heart. His passion of his body is, is of course, at Golgotha, but here is where he's suffering in his agony of the spirit. So spiritually, we can go there and we can, you know, he's, he's actually covered with blood. You know, if we think about the image that he, he sweat blood for us and he's just instituted the Eucharist, there's our Eucharistic Lord, you know, not under the presence or species of bread, but there our Lord bleeding for us and asking and inviting us, could you not watch one hour with me? We'll see that very often um, on, on a booklet. If we go to adoration at church, would you not watch one hour with me? We do that at home by spiritually entering the Garden of Gethsemane and watching and praying with him there, as he asked us to. And saints throughout the ages have have actually taught about this. But it's one of those devotions that used to be very well known and and tragically has has fallen out of, um, really, most people don't know about it. So that's what I'm really passionate about, bringing back uh, in whatever ways our Lord wants me to. Wow, I just see this as a way to introduce our children to intimacy with Christ that will be a pathway then, a familiar and and beautiful pathway in their lives, not unlike gracing the steps of a church, right? That that familiar feeling of coming home to the church, but also coming home in those moments where we yeah. keep him company when we're sharing our joys and sorrows with him. Wow, what a way to equip them for their lives. 
Well, you know, Lisa, um, we we love the Sacred Heart Saint, um, Saint Margaret Mary Alico, and many of us are familiar with how she she taught devotion to the Sacred Heart. What's less commonly known is that one of the things our Lord asked her, and this is all sanctioned by the Church, it all has the imprimatur. Our Lord asked her um, to rise every Thursday evening between the hour of eleven p.m. and twelve a.m. and to keep him company. Now he was saying, rise from sleep and keep him company in Gethsemane spiritually. Now, this was something he was also encouraging her, please, you know, tell everyone about this to rise. The, the implied thing here is, you know, unless we're in a convent that has adoration or a monastery or church, you know, if we're a priest, if we're at home living in our domestic church and we're responding to that call and he says, wake from sleep, he's inviting us to do this in the home. So, um, that's what's really exciting now. That special time does have many graces with it. If you find yourself, you've gone to bed and you can't sleep and it's 11 to 12, or in the case of many homeschooling moms, I know I'm one of them. I'm often not asleep at that time. There's just so many things to do at the end of the day. You're putting away that last bit of laundry or one child is still coming up and asking for a drink of water. But often that's just when the house is getting quiet. Um, And it's an invitation to say, you know what? I'm going to take that one last hour before bed and I'm going to have a more peaceful day because of it. That being said, if you can't do the hour from 11 to 12, our Lord cherishes any devout prayer at any time. You just find that consistent time that works for yourself and give him that hour at home. Mm, so beautiful. And and yes, I, I hear what you're saying because that intentional finding of the hour, asking him to show us where it is, he knows. He knows exactly where he intends to meet us, right? So he can help us with our scheduling of it. But, um, but I want to th- come back to this sense of the family holy hour, of including our children. And, 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 and our, obviously our lives can be chaotic. We never feel like we've done enough. Moms beat themselves up so mercilessly because the enemy's in our heads, right? Trying to make us feel like we're never enough and not good enough for our kids. So we've got all this kind of just normal chaos. Is it really realistic to plan holy hours at home with our kids? Yes, it's essential. And um, it actually brings the peace uh, with that act of trust in, in doing it. You know, Jesus tells us, and I talk a lot about this in the book, there's a whole chapter um, about Martha and Mary and how they are the model for the home. And there's those two gifts that they each bring. Um, I call it sacred beauty for uh, Mary of Bethany and sacred belonging for St. Martha. So the beauty is doing that beautiful thing for our Lord, those beautiful prayers, that beautiful time with him. St. Martha is the hospitality, the way she serves, the way she welcomes, the way she acts and is a person of action. Um, But we remember, of course, what Jesus said to Mary. Um, When she chooses to sit at his feet, when she could be helping to cook, um, he says she has chosen. She has chosen the better part, and I love. I love this. This is often forgotten. It will not be taken from her. She has chosen the better part. It will not be taken from her. So we have this reassurance as as mothers and fathers um, who give who want to keep giving to our families. Um, don't worry. Anytime you give our Lord, nothing's going to be taken from you. In fact. He's going to straighten out. He's going to be, we're, we're, he's the king of our home. If we, if we allow him to be, if we give him that role, everything will fall into place better. And that's the exciting thing. That's why it's life changing. Doing this at home hour, everything falls into place better than it used to because of it. It will not be taken from you. 
That's so beautiful. And we are going to just take a quick sponsor break. But when we come back, Annabelle, I'd really like you to tell our audience about some of the helps that you've put together so that we're, we're kind of, we're not, it's not just us in the book. There's other things too that are really going to help us along with this. And I can't wait to talk about them. Everybody stay tuned. We'll be right back after hearing from our wonderful sponsors at Homeschool Connections with Annabelle Mosley talking about living the holy hour in your homeschool. Don't go away. Hi, I'm Walter Crawford. And I'm Maureen Whitman. We are the co-founders of homeschoolconnections.com and proud sponsors of the Homeschooling Saints podcast. Which is here to help you homeschool more joyfully, more easily, and more effectively. We want to thank you for listening. And we invite you to check out our courses at homeschoolconnections.com. And now, back to our program. All right, we're back with Annabelle Mosley talking about living the holy hour in your homeschool. And we have this incredible book, Awake with Christ, Living the Catholic Holy Hour in Your Home, which is just wonderful. I'm going to be using it during Lent for sure. Um, But you did even more than that. You've got more helps for us. So tell us about it, Annabelle. Oh, yes. Thank you, Lisa. It's a wonderful resource for Lent. I'm hoping um, any parishes that are interested in doing a book group or um, there's even resources if anyone wants to reach out, my publisher can provide a big discount if you do a like a book, a book group rate. Um, I really hope it will be um, a way to journey through Lent more closely because we're in the Garden of Gethsemane. And what's so incredible is we come to realize that that place of the agony is really a place of great beauty, healing, peace, and ultimately joy. Um, I did, I founded catholicholyhour.com to assist uh, those who've read the book and they want to continue, you know, how do I continue doing this at home holy hour? The book provides eight, eight original holy hours that can be done. Um, But then you want to keep this going, you know, and we're busy. I know this as a homeschooling mom, we can't, you know, how do you just keep this going? We, We did it for you. So if you go to catholicholyhour.com and you subscribe to the first Thursday of the month club, every first Thursday in your inbox, you'll get a guided at-home holy hour, whether it's for that 11 to 12 o'clock hour and you get those wonderful graces or whether it's another time and God will understand that hour that you can give. And every month it's new and we try to bring in a lot of the devotions of that month, um, whatever the Catholic themes of the month or the saints of the month are. Um, it's amazing, Lisa, how many saints have advocated the at-home holy hour throughout the years. Um, more recently, most recently it was Padre Pio talking about how it was one of his prayers that devotion specifically to Jesus in Gethsemane would spread. This is the way to be most devoted to Jesus in Gethsemane by having this at-home holy hour. And actually on our website, catholicholyhour.com, we have uh, a list of patron saints. And you can see saints throughout, even Fulton Sheen, who's not a saint yet, but we know he will be, um, really advocating praying this. Um, so yeah, you'll you'll subscribe. It's as easy as just entering your email at catholicholyhour.com and we'll do the rest. There's even music, um, beautiful music and art, full color art that will really inspire you uh, each month to keep going. Wow. That's wonderful. That's exciting. Okay. So we've got the book. We've got these beautiful resources that'll just be delivered to us every month to keep us just kind of resetting. Cause I think we all need a reset reminder too. Um, Can you, speaking, speaking of setting, what about setting the stage in our home? What are some thoughts about kind of in a way, just paving the way for a more prayerful home? Sure. For one thing, I should mention that at the end of each chapter, there's a a, a holy hour at home specifically written for children. 
And it's tried and true. It's tested in my home. It's worked. Um, but what's even more exciting to me is hearing from other parents, um, out of the blue, a, a, an email coming in saying, it worked, you know, my kids loved it and it was really fruitful. Um, there's a father of 10 in England, a theologian named Francis Etheridge. And, um, he said he has loved doing it with his children. And he actually calls awake with Christ, um, like, like a rule of life for the domestic church. You know, um, as Carmelites, we have that with, we have that rule, um, where you kind of have your time scheduled with, you know, praying the liturgy of the hours and coming together in prayer. Well, how do we do that in our home? How do we order our home to have a, a beautiful, holy, sacred kind of rule of life? And the book gives tons of concrete practice practical tips. You know, we're so busy as homeschooling parents. We don't, you know, we just want to spell it out. So that's, uh, that's what we have in the book. Um, a lot of practical tips. One, there's so many, but I'll just start with one to kind of whet your appetite is set up an at-home altar. Many of, many homeschooling parents I know are, are zealous and they've done this already, but it's coming back to the spot to pray with our children. There's something about, you know, and, and look, prayer is great anywhere. You know, you pray around the breakfast table. You pray when you're driving in the car, a prayer. You know, let's pray for that. An ambulance goes by and my my kids and I stop to pray for that. There's all kinds of moments to pray in all places. But if we can keep coming back to that same spot, that altar where we've set up, um, like, like here's a statue of, you know, Jesus of Gethsemane, um, that we have, um, or, you know, if you have a picture of the sacred heart, it's nice to have something that's an image of our Lord, a crucifix, um, but also an image, whether it's him in the garden of Gethsemane or the sacred heart, because it is the passion of the sacred heart that we're remembering there. And whether it's our family rosary, um, the morning offering, the Angelus, whatever prayers that we in our homeschool say every day, we can do it there. Pray there as a family. The children, even the most rambunctious or, you know, very little children start to see there's something sacred or set apart. You know, that's what, what sacred is. It's something that's set apart. So throughout the busy home, if this is the spot, well, we don't run here. This is an altar. You know, it takes time. It takes time for them to know that. But they start to, you know, you'll catch your, I've caught my children taking a moment in the day quietly just going to that spot and kind of, you know, mm-hmm. asking for, our, you know, our, our Lord's help, just taking a moment because they have that set apart space. So it's really an exciting thing to do with our children. Mm, that's wonderful. And children do love routines and frameworks. It helps yes. them to learn and it helps them so much to be free of anxiety as well when there are Absolutely. routines and rituals. The church has so much wisdom there. Um, you've also got a consecration to Jesus in Gethsemane and be- beautiful prayers that are written in, you know, everyone, well, I've already mentioned that Annabelle is a poet. Um, she does remarkable things with words and imagery. Um, and so would you just tell us about this consecration and your prayer? And if you want to, if you would share one with us, Annabelle, I would oh, love sure. that. Sure. Um, that's actually part of why it was so important to the publisher and I that we seek and gain the imprimatur of the Catholic Church, because included in the book is a consecration to Jesus of Gethsemane. So when you finish the book, 
by the time you finish it. And then there's a prayer at the back. That's a, a formal consecration prayer written the traditional way, um, kind of according to the traditional formula of consecration. Um, there's even a place for you to sign your name, which is again, a very uh, beautiful tradition of kind of formally St. Louis de Montfort uh, talked, spoke about this with, uh, with consecration to our blessed mother, signing your name to it. Mm. Um, but yeah, each chapter actually closes with, um, with a prayer, which I wrote, um, that's part of that consecration so that, you know, so that kind of like, again, St. Louis de Montfort is always the model when it comes to the consecrations. And he, he really advocated preparing the soul leading up to the day of consecration. It's not just, okay, well, I said a prayer, I'm consecrated. That's great. But it's nice if you can journey it first. And so the book is, is laid out that not only at the end of every chapter, are you getting a holy hour to pray yourself, um, to hopefully nourish you as a, as a homeschooling parent, we need that time to be nourished with, you know, for our Lord being there for him to console him and to be consoled by him in that act, but also, um, a holy hour for children. And it also ends with a consecration prayer. So sure. I'd be, I'd be happy to thanks so much for the invitation to share. I think I'll share. All right. So. Yeah, this is part of the consecration which I wrote. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, all we'd been asked to do was stay awake. And so I offer you my open eyes. Surrendered sleep, submitted for the sake of this, your agonizing sacrifice. I know too many times I've been the one to drowse and doze when you would have me see the way I could bring comfort or have done your will instead of mine. Gethsemane, Gethsemane, place of the olive press, among your trees press me, there at his side. O Lord, may I approach with faithfulness and sit with you upon this mountainside. The night is dark, it's cold, the leaves move slow, the stars are crying eyes that burn and glow. You ask the Father that this cup might pass, yet do the Father's will. Anguished bridegroom, I'll drink a drop, too, of that draft. The mass you celebrated in the upper room held up a chalice, shared a cup. So now I'll share this cup, too. Not just in the sweet, but in the bitter, like a marriage vow. I pray to do your will. As bread and meat and drink, let your will be for me always. O living water, one who calls I thirst. You thirst for souls, so set my heart ablaze, that I may watch and pray, do God's will first, that I may never sleep or run away, that I may wakefully, willfully stay. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Wow. <laughs> oh my, just so much about beauty here. No, beauty, beauty in times of light and times of darkness, of Christ as the source and summit of beauty, beautiful words and prayers that, that touch our hearts and open them to receive the graces of this really beautiful, uh, saint-advocated devotion in the bigger picture of the impact on the church, Annabelle. What do you see, you know, since all these saints asked for it, what where does where does it potentially take us as a church? Yeah. Many times lately I've seen, I've read that what we're going through right now, it sometimes feels like in our church, like we're in Christ's agony, like we're in a kind of Gethsemane. Um, 
even just what we lived through during COVID when the churches were closed. Um, so we know, we know we've, we've had that Gethsemane moment in our own life. Sometimes daily, there's a, a, a little, um, but I think in our world with all of the pain that the world is going in, the wars, the, it, it goes on and on, the pain, um, all the souls we're praying for to, um, to come home. You know, um, this is sort of a, we're in a Gethsemane time and it, it really offers a holy opportunity. Not to mention the fact that it's one of the things in scripture that our Lord asks us directly through time and space, looks at us and says, could you not spend one hour with me? You know, um, we have countless saints from St. Margaret Mary to St. Padre Pio, everyone in between, um, advocating for this. I would pray, and I, I do pray, that our Lord brings this devotion to anyone and everyone that he wants in that garden with him. We have that image of the three sleeping apostles, his treasured friends, and we know the important work that those good, holy, saintly men did. St. John stood at the foot of the cross. St. Peter was the rock, the first pope. St. James, holy saint that transformed Spain, you know, with his, with his saint list. And yet they're sleeping there. And how many times we've been asleep? You know, we don't judge them in that moment. We've been asleep with our Lord so many times in our own faith story. But again and again, we have the, the opportunity, the call, in fact, to be awake, to stay awake, spiritually awake, watching and praying with him. This is the devotion that will do it. And um, since, you know, it's been a fervent prayer of mine that that our Lord bring this book, uh, catholicholyhour.com and Awake with Christ, to anyone and everyone that he personally really wants there with him in the garden. It really could could be that if you're seeing this, you you have a call. You have a, a beautiful call to the garden. Um, what a place, you know, the garden of Gethsemane. So often, and I write about this, there's a whole chapter about it in Awake with Christ, the importance of the garden in scripture. The garden where Adam and Eve you know, hid from our Lord. When he would come every afternoon, early evening, he would come to walk with Adam and Eve. Imagine the pain of God's heart when they were hiding from him one day. And then they have to leave. And the angel with the flaming sword keeping us from the garden. And yet, right to be to begin his passion, he enters the garden. He tells Peter to put down the sword. There is no more sword blocking. You know, we have a way in through our Lord to get back to the Holy Garden. And just like God was, was left when Adam and Eve hid from him. And now Peter, James, and John, they sort of hide in a way through sleep. Let's not be the ones to do that. He's made a space for us. He's given us a chance to do a very saintly thing, um, to go there with him and the consolation we receive from it. It's what he's asking us to do. When we hear that call to answer it, that's my prayer, that the church becomes, you know, Lisa, there's a prayer, Padre Pio, it's, it's in my book. And Padre Pio wrote this, and he was given these words by our Lord. We know Padre Pio, he was incredible. And he was given the words to say, um, it's basically summarized as this, dear God, may everyone who gazes lovingly upon you on the cross, remember equally your garden agony. And actually, Jesus told Padre Pio that there would be incredible graces poured out on the souls that would remember just once a day 
his time in the Garden of Gethsemane. So if you put that image of him in Gethsemane on your home altar, and you just look at it with a look of love even each day, you're already consoling him. It's sort of like the holy face devotion when Jesus says, whoever looks upon me already consoles me. That's that look of love that St. Therese of Lisieux described. This devotion is so rich and so beautiful, but most of all, it's it's what our Lord asks for. Mm -hmm. And I love that whenever we say yes, when he invites and we even take a little baby step in his direction, his generosity, we always say will not be outdone, but it's really true. We need to be alert and awake to receiving what it is, what it is that pours into us and into our families and into all that we're being asked to do that may seem overwhelming when yeah. we say yes to him and come and just have those moments of intimacy with him, just spend a little time with him. Where would you like to leave us as we're kind of being awed by this? I'm getting the holy shivers. I'm realizing just how really simple and beautiful this can be and so grateful for your book. The, yeah, the Awake with Christ, it's just beautiful. Annabelle, what, what do we need to walk away with? Well, the great thing about this devotion is um, it can be something that we live, not just something that we pray, you know, and it's beautiful in that moment of prayer. It really starts to permeate, and, and I can speak to this as a homeschooling mother myself, very, very busy with all those things that come up and all the things that children need something about this. I think because it's that place set apart. When we are homeschooling parents, everything is in the home. Um, and it's so beautiful, but it's not always easy. Sometimes it's uh, it's a bit messy. You know, there's uh, the kids are always there. So we have, you know, more opportunities for seeing what they need and wanting to help them or hearing what they're worried about. And, and all these things that come up or the family dynamics, um, the book will really teach you that this devotion, it will bring you that peace, but the peace will spill over. And then there's very practical, hands-on ways to apply it to even your work. You know, the moments of the day that you're not, you know, there like this, but you have that inward spirit of offering it. Um, it's an incredible devotion for the homeschooling parent. It, it really is. Um, in many ways, we've already made a decision, haven't we, as homeschooling parents to, well, to, to, to do something a bit countercultural, to, to choose the better part. You know, it might be said, you know, not to judge any, anyone's journey, but we know, we know it's a holy journey. It's a set apart sacred journey. It's a set apart sacred journey. This is a devotion. I can't wait for you to discover. Um, it's like an exhilarating journey. You know, it's, it's gardening. It's essentially gardening our own hearts and homes as we garden with the holy gardener. And that's, it's a very beautiful, poetic thought. But if we think of what gardening is, it does make something very beautiful. It's rolling up our sleeves, you know, it's getting into the mud and it's, it's remembering that, you know, I, I think it's St. Paul that says, I planted and you watered, but it was God who provided the growth. You spoke, Lisa, very beautifully about all the burdens, uh, especially moms, tend to put on ourselves. We, we can never do enough for our family. We, we see all of our faults and all of our shortcomings and all the ways we want to do better. We're gardening with the Holy Gardener. We're reminded that we're just planting the seeds and watering and showing up with our, our joy and with our tears. We're planting and we're watering. God will provide the growth. We need the Holy Gardener so very much in our church and in our homes. Mm, I love that. There's a surrender there. Yes, we're doing, but we're also surrendering. He mm -hmm. he makes up for where any 
any real or imagined lack we have, he he captures us in his sacred heart, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, Annabelle, I can't thank you enough. Everybody, check out catholicholyhour.com. You're going to find Annabelle. You're going to find her book, Awake with Christ, and extra resources, those saints who asked for this holy hour. Remember, this all has received the imprimatur of the church. Um, thank you so much, Annabelle. You gave me such grace today. We started late because I was running late. Um, thank you for, you know, just always being ready to serve. And and thank you for the blessing of the way you pour out your gifts in love. Oh, thank you, Lisa. Thank you for all that you do. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening. We're praying for you. Please pray for us, too, and have a beautiful day in the Lord. And that's our show for today. Our program is sponsored by homeschoolconnections.com. Be sure to subscribe to Homeschooling Saints and leave us an honest review. God bless you and thank you for joining us.